Hello, my name is Stephen Bashong. I'm associate editor at Solar Power World, and this is Solar Speaks Live, powered by Unirac. I'm here this afternoon with Larry Sherwood. He is the uh, president and CEO of IREC, otherwise known as the Interstate Renewable Energy Council. Larry, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Sure. And just to begin, can you explain what IREC does for the solar industry for people who may not know? So IREC enables consumers to access clean energy technologies. And our programs educate. Um, we do fact-based policy development. And we do consumer protection. Okay. So for many, many years, um, IREC has uh, developed programs to help consumers, so interconnection rules that allow people to connect to the grid, the original net metering rules IREC advocated for okay. at the states, and shared solar and community um, solar rules today, we're advocating for those to allow all consumers access to these technologies. Okay. Well, there was some recent news out of IREC. You guys launched a consumer protection initiative. Correct. I was hoping you could uh, just tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. So it's um, Be Smart Solar, and we have developed a number of tools for consumers, um, including a consumer checklist that has questions and issues that consumers should look at when they're buying a solar system. And our whole um, goal here is to empower consumers so they can make good decisions. And often, buying a solar system is one of the largest purchases that a consumer will ever make. And they only do it once. Yeah. And it involves all these funny things that they don't really know about, like kilowatt hours and net metering and utility policies and all this all these different aspects so we're trying to give them information so they make good decisions and when consumers make good decisions on their solar systems they love them they love right. having that solar system and so we want them to have a great experience so they can be enthusiastic with their neighbors and with others so we can really grow the number of people who are using solar energy today so you mentioned you know interconnection net metering right. that kind of thing uh, but I'm curious how much of the consumer protection initiative has to do with workmanship the types of the, the companies that will come out and and do the work I mean do you sense there's some sort of issue or or problem with workmanship in the industry um, I think that there are some bad apples. Oh, okay. I think for the most part, um, things are very good. And I think, um, you know, sort of knowing the questions that consumers need to ask to, you know, what certifications to look for, what experience from solar companies so that they can avoid those pitfalls, and then also having the policies from government or from utilities in place so that the bad apples can be ferreted out and not be harming consumers in their installations. You know, I, I feel the same way. I think the majority of the industry really strives to do great work every right. time. But how can the industry root out those bad apples? 
Well, um, one of the things that SIA has done is SIA has put together a code of ethics mm. for their member companies, and it includes things about sales techniques, marketing, um, all those types of issues, and if somebody is not um, following those guidelines correctly, they can take sanctions against them, and they've signed um, agreeing to those um, requirements when they join SIA. So obviously that doesn't help for mem for companies that are not members of right. SIA, but within SIA you can do that and then you can tell a customer, even if they're not a member of SIA, are they abiding by this code of ethics yeah. and they are, are they agreeing to have um, outside people look at their procedures and make sure that what they're doing is on the up and up? Because I totally agree, most, all, huge majority of solar companies, they are doing the right thing or at the minimum, they want to do the right thing right. and they want to know, what, you know how they do right by the consumer. Right. I want to ask, I know that you have some experience in small wind. Yes. What, 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 what's your experience in that? So I was formerly the executive director of the Small Wind Certification Council, okay. and that organization certified um, turbines. So okay. um, basically turbines in the distributed energy marketplace, and we would certify the energy performance and the sound performance of the turbine in a way that allowed you to come do an apples to apples comparison I from see. one turbine to another turbine, sort of with the same idea of getting the bad apples of the turbines out of okay. the marketplace. So they would have to be certified in order to sell into like an IRS tax credit program okay. or a state um, incentive program they require this certification in order to participate in those programs. Okay, understood. So you, you, you took a deep dive into the small wind industry. I feel we, uh, Solar, Power, Solar Power World has a sister magazine called Wind Power Engineering and Development. Yeah, yeah. And the impression that I get from that magazine is that small wind has sort of struggled to take off the same way that small or distributed solar has. Um, what's your impression of that and what do you think are the similarities and differences between these two industries? So I, I, I think that the distributed solar has just been growing like crazy <laughs> the last several years and has totally taken off and the differences between distributed solar and distributed wind are primarily twofold. Um, one is the costs of solar have been coming down dramatically. The costs of wind has not been coming down. It's a mechanical device. It doesn't have the same opportunities for dramatic cost reductions oh, okay. that you have in the more um, electronic um, devices in the solar space. So the costs have come down, so that's made in some cases, solar is more attractive, where you might have put a wind turbine in 10 years ago, now people might be putting in a solar system. Yeah. The other um, thing is that the incentives used to be equal for solar and wind, and now they're dramatically better on the federal level for solar than okay. they are for wind. So wind has a disadvantage there that's sort of by the credits, but when the wind market is definitely small, but I was talking with a wind manufacturer 
here on the floor earlier today, and they said that this year their um, turbine sales are very strong and wow. they're growing. So, and I think you're going to find the wind turbines in more um, niche markets, clearly in really windy um, locations, often more rural locations, that type of place. So there definitely is a market for those um, wind turbines, but it definitely is smaller by a dramatic right. amount than the solar market. Right. And then uh, finally, before I let you go, yeah. I want to uh, congratulate you. Okay, uh, Jane uh, Weissman left uh, May May, uh, Actually, at the end of June. At the end of June, she okay. left, okay? And then July 1st, you were named president and CEO of IREC. Correct. So what are your goals? What are you, what's your, what's your long-term aim as president of this well, I, I guess first I just want to sort of recognize the tremendous legacy that Jane leaves um, to the solar industry. And she really um, was a visionary leader and led um, certification efforts that sp spun off um, NAPSAP, Solar Rating and Certification Corporation, SWCC started through IREC and, and spun off. And um, Big shoes to just fill. was a real, um, a real visionary. And so my real goal is to um, build on that legacy and just have IREC continue to enable consumers to get access and really build and mold. And I, I think IREC's real strength has been sort of staying a step ahead of the industry and and. Um, seeing what are the new trends where you need policies five years from now and starting the legwork and the groundwork to get those in place so that when the industry really needs those policies in place, um, it's, it's there or there's the groundwork that happens because that work doesn't happen fast um, when you get to the point of doing it. That makes sense. And if I may tack on one more question. Yes. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about the, the consumer and yes. what IREC does for them. Our audience is a lot of uh, solar contractors, you know, working in the right. residential or commercial space. How can, how can they take advantage of what IREC does? So I, I, think, I think they do take advantage of what IREC does already because the fact that there are rules that allow consumers to interconnect to the grid is a fundamental basis of their business. If that, if those rules weren't in place, installers could not be installing solar systems. So there are foundational policy pieces that often happen in the background, in a back room that people don't know about, but they are taking advantage today of many of um, IREC's policy work over the last 30 years. So all these residential solar installers should be sending you guys thank you notes. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it sounds like. <laughs> and maybe even even thank you checks. There you go. Donations okay. to, you to help us with the next generation of solar policies Understood. that's going to help them five years from now. All right. Well, thank you so much. Larry. Great. Well, thank you. My name is Stephen Bushong. I'm associate editor at Solar Power World. And this has been Solar Speaks Live powered by Unirac. Thank you.